0: not a heaven.
1: Hello and welcome to Enmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game. I'm Harry and this is episode 50 of the podcast. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to went moot and so and you may be able to hear from the background there's a bit of a hubbub and this is a bit unusual for the podcast because i've decided to record all of it at the home of uh, the the game that we know and love and warhammer generally i'm here at warhammer world at the grand tournament uh, the middle earth strategy battle game grand tournament looking out over a sea of players uh, in the midst of the uh, the, the games of, uh, game two actually uh, is, uh, is underway and people are rolling dice in front of me i can see Huge number of armies of of shapes and sizes, uh, a dizzying array, in fact, and in uh, fantastic qualities as well. You know, there's there's display boards, there's there's armies that are perhaps more uh, designed towards the competitive uh, side of things. But either way, a huge number of hobbyists. So I'm here watching uh, as the uh, the game happens, and you might be able to hear in the background. There you go, uh, end of the game two, pretty much. There you go. Yeah. So you can hear there the uh, finishing up the turn, the end of uh, game two. But I'm going to be following the, uh, the the sort of sea of hobbyists as they finish up and talk to a few of them as uh, as they finish their games and maybe uh, into the break after the the final game before we go off to do uh, the quiz at Bugmans. But either way, I thought I'd talk to some hobbyists about their armies, what they're getting up to, and also in a sort of special special kind of way uh, ask people what they would do if they had 50 points only to spend uh, in the middle of a strategy battle game and we'll see what what sort of ideas uh, these hobbyists have uh, throughout the course of the podcast so a bit of a different game a bit of a different podcast uh, nothing uh, no riddles in the dark this time no list building even this time uh, but just a little bit of a celebratory episode chatting to a few perhaps familiar voices and a few hobbyists about what's going on so join me along the ride first of all let's have a chat to definitely a familiar voice so we're here at warhammer world looking out over the tables in the middle of the break between uh, game two and three and i've got ali king
2: here with me uh, who's just had a successful win you've got two armies with you what have you got with you uh so i've got my firdrids guard and my mordor which featured in a previous podcast exactly the same uh, and uh, continuing their win streak and they've got a win each so far so yeah going well going well indeed Uh, and so you'll be heading off to
1: the top tables is there anything you're particularly worried about facing off against Um,
2: I haven't seen anything that I am overly concerned about but I know there's a lot of players here and with good and evil you never really can predict so um, there could be some unpleasant surprise matchups that I uh, haven't seen yet.
1: Yeah, and then of course the scenario we've thrown in the mix uh, adds always adds something as well. There are, there are some big names at the uh, the top table as well. I see Will champion there, Ed Ball, and uh, Jay Clare has just won his second game as well. So all to play for. And in, in terms of, I know you've talked about this in the past, into your your strategy, or kind of ideas um, for for your army. Um, have they have they kind of? Well, give us a bit of a headline of what what you're hoping to do with each of them but have they kind of lived up to the the desires so far
2: uh yeah so actually the last two games were probably quite a good example so uh my feeders guard i just used uh against <laughs> harry johnson's uh, uh hunter walks uh azok hunters and essentially uh i'm able just to pepper him from range and cause so much damage of throwing spheres and the bows and it forces him into me and then once he's weak enough the actual main line of Helmingus can go and crush, and so that went pretty much exactly as I would hope.
1: Yeah, Hunter or Orcs don't want to be facing a lot of shooting weapons, today.
2: Uh, yeah, um, and it's even worse because his bows are shorter range than mine, so it's like he has to come at me. Um, and then in the uh, game previous to that, uh, I was using my uh, Mordor uh, with my Gothmog against uh, James Wilson, who had uh, Lendl, who does all the like the free heroic combats and stuff like that, Uh, And it was contest of champions, and Gothmog's there going, "Hi, Elendal, Every time you do a free hook combat, it gives me one as well." And then uh, they get their hatred mad and stuff like that. So he's able just to like clean up as well as Alendal can, Mm -hmm. even though he's not Alendal. Yeah, no, not not even (laughs) close
1: usually. But that's that's impressive that you were managed to able to keep up with him. Did you end up killing Alendal in the end?
2: Uh, Yeah. So uh, it was basically eventually Alendal runs out of my. uh, I then do a hook combat hook strike swing into Elendil, he's trapped, cool time of the Orc, and then just kill him in one turn. And, and we're here at Warhammer World,
1: of course, I mentioned that, you know, the, the GT, it's a big one, it's a, I think it's 60 players or thereabouts. Um, what, how do you feel being back in, back in the, the Warhammer World setting? I
2: know it's been a while for you. Oh, yeah, it's really good. It's generally, like, my sort of favourite sort of tournament experience of the year, really, because no matter what, there's always something a bit special about coming to the home of, like, the game, really. Um, Yeah, I mean, you've got Bugman's, which is probably the best on-site bar you can possibly hope for at an event. Uh, and it's just good seeing, like, you got all the old, like, old guard kind of guys, and you always get, like, new people. who have never even gone to events before, so you always get to meet new people.
1: And there's always excitement because of that, isn't there? You know, there's... And lots of people do lovely armies. There's some amazing display boards, and hopefully I'll be able to chat to them uh, throughout the rest of the podcast. But either way, it's, uh, it's a lovely place to come to see people. And, and last, last but not least, the 50th episode of Entmoot, big one for me, exciting. That's why we're doing it all as live uh, here at Warhammer World from the home of uh, the hobby. Um, but I'm going to ask all of my guests uh, throughout the show what you would spend 50 points on if you were wanted to have a, a really strong force at 50 points. I know it's not a, particular, a particularly common points level, but uh, Ali King, you know, winner of the GBHL last time, it would feel like a good good place to start with you. Um, what would you spend your 50 points on, and give us a vague reason why.
2: So, assuming I remember the points correctly, I'm going to go for a Castellan. Ah. Um, They've got the terror, so actually, when you've only got two three models, in fifty points, charging is actually going to be hard. Uh, they've got a lot of fate because of their will, their high fight value, and they can kill quite easily. Yeah, they're quite strong as well. And fight for, uh, strength
1: five as well, I think, from memory.
2: Yep, it's been a while since I've used one. But <laughs> Maybe <laughs> something like that. We're, we're hoping that we're right. <laughs> yeah, so strength five, D six. A lot of will they can use as fate, um, and the terror. So yeah, they're, they're in. In that, uh, premium points, 50, uh, they're pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I reckon they're
1: about 45 points, maybe maybe more with a, a Morgul Blade. But either way, uh, Ali, that's your choice. We'll hopefully find out throughout the rest of the podcast what everyone else thinks as well. Thanks for joining me. Thanks very much. And happy birthday to Wendby. Happy birthday, Wendby. <laughs> So that was, that was Ali's decision uh, just a few minutes ago. And he's actually still hovering around because he wants to add uh, a hunter-orc to, to the army. So uh, that's what he's going to do. He's got a uh, castellan of Dolgulder and a hunter-orc or something like that. We, we haven't got the exact points. With Bo, with Bo, there you go. <laughs> so that's Ali's choice for this uh, 50th special uh, event move, uh, live here at Warhammer World. And I've got Jasmine Tetley, of course, veteran of the podcast. Um, I'm trying to think whether you were in the very first one. You may well have been uh, in the early one, certainly. But uh, either way, you've been um, a stalwart uh, throughout the, uh, the time of the podcast. And... Um, so how do you feel that F- Entmoot has reached its 50th birthday? I mean, it's, a, it's an exciting day for everyone. It's unbelievable. Right. We need a really
3: big party with a cake. I've got a special ring for it. Oh, yeah, that'll
1: be great. It's, it's going it's to be good. I love it. I love it. And just about the Grand Tournament briefly, because uh, you're here with a, a, a really special um, army, in particular, on your evil side. And you've got some great theme. You've got some great ideas. Just just walk me through some of the theme. People might have seen pictures on, uh, on the Great British Topic League Facebook page.
3: Uh, So, a while ago, I did a Battle Companies, which was the Corsairs as Disney princesses. Mm -hmm. Um, I did all the princesses, and now I've expanded it to the main table, so I've included a load of other Disney characters, which is led by Elsa. She rides the top of a converted mumma kill that has big ears to make it Dumbo. (laughs) Elsa has snow bombs because she's Dalamir. There's even Jafar as Suladan, and the... Um, Haradrim chieftain warrior with the bird thing is now Iago reimagined as half bird half human so yeah it's a lot more pink than
1: I (laughs) realised once you put it on a green table it's like Wow. Okay. This is pretty awesome. It really stands out. It looks great, and you've got your um, like the Corsair Arbalasters. You've got like the Durin, uh, not Durin, the uh, the Vol Warden the, the Shield. Shields. Yeah. So so you've got loads of different. And as you say, a sea of pink uh, for for your uh, evil army in particular, and and on your um, your Mummakill, which is more of a kind of a carry case uh, at the moment because uh, it's not actually in the army. You've got all these fancy little objectives like tigers, which I guess from. from Uh, the various, like Jungle Book or something like that. Yeah, Uh, yeah. so you've
3: got got Nala, Simba, Raja, Jasmine's tiger. I've even got a dragon, Raya and the Last Dragon.
1: Which is a new Disney film, which I don't know about, but it's apparently cutting edge. And I'm sure if you've got uh, kids, or or, or like Jasmine, who are a big fan of Disney, you'll know it all. But um, I mean, generally, you're, you're... you're clearly kind of going into the hobby side of things over the last um, sort of year or two because I I know you had your uh, Amazonian the uh, wild kind of wild women of Druiden which was a really cool project that you worked on as well so have have you are you moving away from being ultra competitive Jasmine or is it still a big part of your game? Uh, The armies are
3: still competitive, but I'm certainly enjoying spending time and I've improved my skills a lot over the last few years. So I look back on the things that I painted when I was 10 and I'm like, oh, wow, actually, I have improved a lot. And it is actually really rewarding when you get it done. And it's something
1: to do as well. Um, in the evening or whatever. And yeah, rather than just writing up and cooking up terrible lists that you up come up with these some crazy combinations, don't you? Well, yeah, I do them on lunch yeah. breaks. But, um,
3: yeah, it's really nice. I mean, I didn't think I was going to get it finished, but then I got COVID, so I had five days inside with nothing else to do. So... That worked out quite well in the end.
1: <laughs> I hope you disinfected your models.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe that's the secret weapon.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. And, and you've actually, I think, have you, how, how have you done in your game so far? Because you've got, your other army's like a Lothlorian, um, a pure Lothlorian list by the looks of it, looking at the table. Um, how, how have your two games gone so far?
3: Uh, Yeah, so it's Loflorian, but with one band of Rivendell because I don't own enough Loflorian. But I really enjoyed playing Normal Gladrial in Contest of Champions against the Necromancer and the Legendary Legion of the Nazgul.
1: Ah, right. Okay, so I'm guessing that didn't go down so well.
3: It was close. I did
1: well. I killed
3: one. Galadriel rolled so many fives. If she'd have rolled sixes, I could have mited it and got more kills and then potentially won the game. So it was a fun challenge, to be honest with you, but I'd have rather
1: played it in any other scenario. Because yeah, she doesn't have an Elven Blade, does she? She's completely unarmed. So so I guess you don't get the advantage for them coming back. Is that right? It's the unarmed thing that kills you. Yeah,
3: it's yeah. the fact that you have to roll a natural six and then you have to mite it because it goes down to a five. Yeah. That's the real killer because it's strength three, against defense six. The only good thing about that scenario was she kills a hero, yeah. so she gets her might point back.
1: Uh, so ah, yeah.
3: It was just had to roll sixes, which I wasn't doing.
1: Uh, okay. Well, no, either way, uh, and then you've, you've just uh, moved into your next game with your with your next um, le- list, the, the pink list we've described, of the kind of Corsair uh, Alliance. Is it an alliance, or is it just Corsair? yeah? Because you've got um, Haradrim as well. Um, and how did that one go? That was a hard matchup. So I faced the Riders
3: of Leiden, which. Uh, in his words, was for fun, but we all know that that is a strong army list. Very, yeah. I reminded him of that at the start. He played it well, to be fair. Um, I thought the best I was going to get was a draw until he decided to charge gambling into Elsa, who is Dalamir, and I one-turned outright killed gambling, so he lost the banner. I still had my banner next turn I make sure I run away because he has no might and I won literally on that one play
1: alone and this was in was it uh, destroy, destroy the, the supplies destroy yeah. the supplies right. yeah so, so a, a win but but there's one thing left that we have to discuss about uh, because I, I said Ali we started with the, the challenge there of uh, Ali talking about his 50 points and um, if you had 50 points to spend uh, in SPG to make a, a, a broken 50 point army what, what would you do Jasmine I know you're good at cooking up crazy combinations
3: this was really quickly done
1: <laughs> Yes, this is the idea. Everyone's <laughs> finding out literally a second before they interviewed.
3: So I've gone for Gollum, so he has the One Ring. I am allowing him to take a Goblin Warrior along with him, and then he's getting paired with Thrain the Broken. So obviously they're all halved fight value, but I get my fight four from Thrain. If he gets passes on a double, then he's really good. Um,
1: so yeah, I've got like three, four attacks in that fight. That's true. So so yeah, actually you've got the potential for a, what what's his his, his uh list, is it what, plus two fight strength and attacks uh, and and courage until the end of the turn, so he could potentially have three attacks and loads of other gubbins, so he could be very good uh, what, is it one in every three or uh, one in every six turns, I can't remember, work out the the maths of getting a double on two dice
3: I can't remember exactly, but essentially if he does pass on a double, he's going to be fight six, Gollum's got the ring, they can't beat it so I auto win the fight, he's got three attacks who have a strength of five then even if he doesn't pass on a double, he still fight for but then Gollum's got the two attacks strength four yeah. um, so he just allows that kind of thing to happen.
1: Well there you go uh, Jasmine, uh, thank you very much you've c- cooked up a reliably <laughs> complicated but a brutal combination there for 50 points and thank you very much for joining us on MMOot's birthday. Oh, it
3: is great to be here, and I hope you're all enjoying the new Easterlings, which was specifically done for the Entmoot 50th birthday. Exactly.
1: We're here, and the release has happened now. So I'm going to head over to another table and find uh, another victim to talk about uh, 50 points. Let's head over. Right, I've trampled my way over to table, what is it, 19, I think, uh, here at Warhammer World, uh, and uh, I've got Matt here with me, um, and uh, as I say, throughout, throughout the whole thing, we're going to talk to as many people, one after the other, uh, and give them challenges, but also talk about their hobby, and I came over to you because right here sat on the table is massive old Smaug, at 700 fun. points, it's pretty big, and um, I've never had a Smaug myself, and I've played against them a couple of times, and I've found it very frustrating, but... Matt, how do you feel, feel about bringing Smaug? Has it been fun? Is this The Ruffians, by shots? Uh, no, it wasn't. It was something else. I can't <laughs> think when it was. Uh, it was... I don't even know what I was playing, but oh, I found it a nightmare. It's a wild it?
0: No, Smaug is always great fun. He's unique. He's definitely a novelty. Uh, playing with him is good fun. It uh, can be a bit stressful at times because you've got one model to do lots of things. Uh, like that one we played, Destroy Supplies. He cannot get around the whole board. So, um, yeah, that... I think I lost seven six in the end. Oh, that's narrow. Well, I went let's defend, and I possibly should have just gone all out attack and just sod my uh, my my objectives. What and were you up against? I was up against a combination of Lake Town, um, Iron Hills, and Merkwood, uh, like Frangel's Merkwood yeah. um, from The Hobbit. So yeah, pretty damn close. And there was three models left alive at the end of the game. But they'd already um, taken your
1: supplies, I'm but guessing.
0: My supplies are gone. Um, I had 25% of them, and I couldn't get them all killed, so I couldn't get the win through that. And he has still had two supplies left. Uh, brief fire was rubbish because of all five ones to, cut, uh, to actually get it going. But no, it's good fun. Uh, if you haven't played against Smaug, do. Uh, it's definitely experience. Uh, it depends on the scenario. Yeah, Some I was going to really, say,
1: yeah. play the scenario with Smaug. Don't try and kill him.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, if you can't, like, with a combat... Character killing uh, contest champions for example Smaug is a pain in the backside because he's one model and it's like a, it's not an auto win but it's a pretty highly likely going to win unless he dies uh, it's just fun yeah,
1: bit of fun. Bit of fun. And, and your other army is a Lake Town sort of force. And I think you've got, Dale. is it Dale? Oh, it's just yeah. Dale. Sorry, yeah. i look at looking at the helmets and I saw the, uh, the pointy hats. I thought it was Lake Town. But no, so, so you've got a nice thematic thing. And I suppose that's one of the great things about uh, the GT. Lots of people brought lovely balanced armies uh, that sort of complement each other and, and usually provide a nice theme.
0: Yeah, I mean, GT's obviously in the past you go slightly more competitive than your Throne of Skulls or not Throne of Skulls whatever it's called now Uh, but yeah I thought I'll try Dale out with the new Dale Knights Uh, never played them before using my first game which unfortunately I lost that but that was just because the Balrog did more kills than Bran did Uh, but again fun army fun army Let's see what happens to that one, really.
1: Well, there you go. And just finally, because I know the, the, they're just looking at the uh, the tables, they've announced your table, so you'll be moving around and there'll be lots of movement in a second. Um, you've got 50 points to spend. It's Entmoot's 50th birthday. Um, what are you spending your 50 points on to try and dominate in this t- sort of psychological tournament, virtual tournament I'm inventing in my head?
0: Cool. Um, as In short, a combination of hobbits, uh, hobbit sheriffs, if you can take brandy box. Awesome, if you can't, sure. Uh, (laughs) Sheriff's archers, maybe brandy bucks. You can have, like, eight to ten of them. Depends what you take. Ooh, that's
1: interesting. Would they be able to take on a Castellan of Dol do you think?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I play Battle Companies. It's
1: fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, I'll let you go because you've got to move around the tables. So, uh, heading off, Matt there um, at the tables. He's moving his smaug and he's got all the other things going. So, I'm going to d- move to the side of the hall while all that happens and then uh, keep a watch, watchful eye, and then hopefully, as, uh, as people start losing, maybe Matt is one of the people that uh, he'll, will start losing because uh, he's got a big, big old smaug. We'll be able to talk to some of his, uh, his, the other players uh, in a few minutes' time. So I'll transport forward in time to when I'm uh, next encountering some players. We've time-travelled. Uh, a few minutes ago, the Game 3 was starting here at uh, Warhammer World, and I've just seen one finish, and it's the, the blood, uh, blood on the floor, red in the coats of the Easterlings with Will Champion. Uh, this is a good sign. Uh, the, the Easterlings have been released earlier, we're talking about it, um, and you've brought an Eastling army, but not with the new heroes. So, uh, Will, you return to the podcast. Hello. I am back once again, and the red sun is rising. Yeah, it's, it's, a time, it's a good time to be in an Easterling. So just first of all, you've brought Eastlings, and in the very last episode of the podcast, or maybe episode before that, you were telling me about how you, you did think there was a way for Eastlings to work. So what have you brought uh, in your Eastling army for 700 points?
4: So what I have brought is Amda, a mounted captain, a mounted war priest, uh, 10 acolytes like 23-ish um, Easterling Pikeman a drummer and Musger from Mordor coming to help out ooh and that's the new one that's uh, it's the caster isn't it what yes. what's
1: exactly does he do remind me
4: so he's an orc captain yeah. like stat profile just really solid totally fine he's got 4 will points he can cast Wither um, Drain Courage and Transfix and anytime he kills a model he gets a will point back ooh. so he, he can kill a little bit better than a budget Wraith can and he can potentially magic for longer than a Wraith can. So I really like him.
1: Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, and the, the Transfix and the Wither, very, very useful against uh, uh, Easterling Heroes. And you've just won a game, so what were you up against?
4: So I was up against uh, a very thematic Grey Company, which was Eladan, Nelroher,
1: Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, Halbrad with his banner, and one um, Ranger of the North. Uh, you, you mentioned a, a big string of heroes. I'd imagine Amda got to, got to work there.
4: Uh, Amda literally probably tripled his points if not more Um, so he was able to successfully kill Eladan, Elrohir, Legolas, Gimli and Aragorn yeah I mean Blood and Glory obviously tops him back up Um, because he killed Eladan Elrohir had to challenge him so he accepted and struck killed him went up to five might points and then remained at five might points while he killed all the
1: others. Wow. So that is really getting the use out of Blood and Glory there. So it just shows Eastlings have the potential even before the new heroes.
4: Absolutely. And when you make Amder Strength 6 and he's got the strike and the elven blade he can just kill anything yeah. he is absolutely one of the best heroes in the game going forward
1: here at the uh, warhammer world where they just released these two new ones and i saw uh, this by the side of the table you've already built yours you, you uh, bought them yeah. this morning and built them over lunchtime so i mean just uh, just your what's your hot take on the the new models are they are they worth taking absolutely so i am a keen bean for the easterlings as it is um these two are really
4: good I think Rotabi becomes one of the best evil generals in the game. Um, I think you can absolutely just ally her into anything and she's fine. Master of Battle, great. D7, great. Fight 6, great. Uh, Hero of Valor, so can go into basically any army. She is phenomenal. Um, Braug is slightly more situational. I think he stays in the Easterlings. Um, but he's another one of these casters that can go for a little bit longer. He's got that stamina, if you know what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> and he can cast Tremor. He's the second caster in the game to cast Tremor, and he's not a rubbish goblin, yeah. so super sick. Yeah, you, you can you can reliably cast your fury and then still cast two or three
1: spells, which is exactly what you want your Shaman to do. Well, that yeah, that that five plus for Tremor. I mean, it's going to be quite hard to line it up right, though, isn't it? Because you have to do a line and all that sort of stuff. But if you get it right, her uh, the Ritabi combined with him. He knocks them down. Ritabi gets the extra bonuses for when people are trapped. You, you're cooking on gas.
4: You absolutely are. And there's definitely a horrible combo where perhaps you uh, really high points, you take a normal War Priest as well. You blade wrath
1: Amda, and then you Enchant Blades Amda, and then Amda has a good day. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. And and just generally, I know you've got another army as well, uh, a, a- what is it your good army I can't think. it's you... a 60 model Arno horde which everyone's very unhappy about <laughs> yeah I'm sure that's doing the work um, and also 50th birthday of Entmoot um, you've been on the podcast so many different times you know celebrating uh, uh, your different armies and your different successes of course um, I'm setting everyone I talk to in the hall today a challenge and um, if you have 50 points to spend because it's Entmoot's 50th birthday what would you go for what do you think is the best 50 points in the game so my teeny tiny force
4: would be a Moria uh, batswamp a goblin prowler and a moria goblin with spear <laughs> right. because you can take any single model you can trap it
1: you can kill it. Oh yeah yeah I c- yeah that's that's fair yeah once, so you're you're hoping that everyone else is going for something that's like you know 35 40 points plus something else that you're yeah. hoping to dominate.
4: Yeah or we'll just pray that we can kill one model a turn really efficiently.
1: Could you take out a a a, a- Dol Guldor, uh, Castellan, that's what uh, Ali King chose. Yeah, 100%. With a Hunter Orc on the side.
4: Yeah. Yeah, you, you, so. you could easily take that on. Um, I think the, the, the other list I would take perhaps would be two Gundamats, because that's also 50 points, and they'll win any scenario. Yeah, that's um, true. And they'll just fly over stuff
1: until it dies. What about, could you take on Gollum um, and Thrain the Broken? Uh, the bat swarm could. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, the gundam
4: well, they just keep flying over, it and they wouldn't be able to charge them until they died. <laughs> that so. is true.
1: I, I'm surprised nobody's gone for shooting it, but either way, excellent choice on the 50 points, um, and hopefully, hopefully, you'll you can give us some sort of celebratory message to End on its 50th birthday. Absolutely, happy birthday, End Moot! You're, do, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you very much, well, and so are you. Look how, uh, look success- how big you've grown. <laughs> look how big I've grown. Uh, well, successful Eastlings. Great dawn for the Eastlings and for you uh, here at Warhammer World. Good luck for the rest of the tournament. Thank you very much. So, we've just spoken to Will Champion. Um, uh, he's done well with his Eastlings. Um, I thought it's only right, though, we can t- talk to his opponent um, as he just comes out. And it's Mark Kempster. Now... Long, long-term listeners of the podcast will will maybe remember the name uh, Mark, um, because Mark, you were the TO, uh, the tournament organizer at the very first um, episode of Entmoot, which was uh, down in Bister, and uh, I had a great time uh, at your tournament, lovely hotel in the uh, uh, golf, well, it was a golf hotel or something like that. I can't yeah. quite remember exactly. Unfortunately
5: it doesn't exist anymore.
6: That's uh, the only side. No, class, that's
1: but a, sad, a shame. It's but, so but it's it's lovely to have you back onto the podcast for the fiftieth birthday of Entmoot. And um, before we, we talk about my 50th birthday challenge and um, you've got uh, a couple of armies here and you've gone quite themy for uh, the the gt here what what are your armies
6: uh so firstly i've got gray company which is all the named heroes uh, pretty much fully equipped apart from elven cloaks with one ranger of the north mm-hmm. uh, so the reason for that well, was one of my one of many lockdown projects um, so it was one of the last ones i did all heroes nice and fun to play maybe not particularly fun to play against in know, honesty, because you've got a lot of shooting a lot of might you yeah, but uh they've done all right yeah you know one win one loss today so far with that so i can take that um and then the other one which was a last minute uh jobby which was uh, arrived on wednesday oh, i have yeah. painted and built a display board before this weekend uh, which is seven of the black riders um could have took nine but you can't like much with them. I'd rather have seven beefy riders instead of nine.
1: And this is the Legion, the, the yeah, Riders Legion? Yeah,
6: both of them are Legion. So, yeah. like, obviously, the great company you get, like, the Flame of the West for free, Woodland Creature, stuff like that. And the Black Riders does the whole, like, terror bubble, which is unfortunately the game I had was against an entire bodyguard army. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it made no difference. Uh, but now, a bit more, like, hero theme. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying them. It's very different to what uh, most people expect from me. I'm normally a a very Iron Hill Dwarfs player from those that know me for a long time uh, and then obviously I did the uh, Ugret Scouts prior to lockdown mm. um, so yeah that's that's different for me yeah, as well, yeah. As well I'm not I'm, I'm not a magic user so I'm learning things every day oh, well, you know, but,
1: well it's it's great and, and I like the the idea that you brought two armies that the feel thematically joined although they don't meet in the films you know they're both similar kind of vibes all heroes lovely display boards and and to be fair the, the standard of, uh, of painting and, and hobbying here, I mean, we're just standing in front of uh, an army, hopefully I'll talk about later, and um, the eagles have got mountains on the side, you've got these lovely display boards, someone's had something exciting happen over there, and there's so much quality painting on, on offer, I mean, yeah. is, that, is that what you come to Warhammer World for, to have thematic, cool armies like
6: that? So the main thing I play for is more the community, yeah. like yourself and like Will, who's just played, and so many guys here that I just get on with and just like have, enjoy having time with, That's the main reason I play. Then it probably is the hobby side of it. Um, As some of you may know, recently I've started doing a bit of commission work, painting-wise, as well. Oh yeah, give a shout out. What's your your yeah? So you can find me on Instagram at Oxen Mini Painter. um, Staying true to my roots of Oxfordshire. (laughs) you can see my Grey Company on there at the moment and hopefully in a couple of days my Bat Legion will be on there so you can see that in all its glory
1: absolutely Oxon um, Mini Painter yeah and the, the, the standard of the work is outstanding you've, yeah, you've got absolutely. some lovely display boards too so. so like you've got this
6: classic from like Scott who's got amazing Azog Legion Eagles list I think we can we can see it from here and
1: it looks absolutely stunning hopefully I'll grab him in a bit
6: yeah Phil's uh I think he's got cause it Corsairs he's got on that
1: yeah it's, it's a Corsairs wading through the the beaches to reach yeah. the uh, Dol Amroth on the shore and a lovely display board there it's as well a
6: typical feel it's got as much resin as possible
1: on there <laughs> um, yeah and, and imagine it would have been a, a bit of a scary moment pouring all that because it might have set fire to things because the, the heat generated off it
6: yeah and I think that's another thing Is the, the hobby is that you can do so much with it and at the end of the day, anything goes. Yeah. We've seen some crazy armies over the years. I remember Jasmine once did her Rainbow uh, Army of the Dead, I think it was at my event, which is very different, very out there, but it goes. And, and as long as you enjoy the hobby, everyone else enjoys the hobby. That's the main thing, in it. So
1: Absolutely, and we spoke to Jasmine earlier about her, her sea of pink her Disney characters. Um, just before you go, Mark, I know you're heading off to the, to the pub to drown your sorrows, or to the bar anyway, Bugman's Bar. Um, 50 points that's all you've got 50th episode of Entmoo it's the 50th birthday what would you spend your 50 points on to create the 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 killer winning list and you don't need a hero you can just have troops if you want but what would you go for
6: well as I mentioned earlier I'm a big fan of my dwarves particularly my own heels so for me it's probably going to be two goat riders right because what more do you need you can pit (laughs) you can pit people on their bum
1: and you've got your lancer stab them through the throat if you need to absolutely Um, yeah, a bit of fun. Yeah, and they've got, you've got, they've got a lot going for them, high-ish defence. Do you think you could take a Castellan of Dol Gulda? Uh,
6: if I could put him on the floor of a trash, yeah, maybe. Yeah,
1: I think, <laughs> I think you probably could. Well, Mark, either way, it's a, a pleasure to catch up with you again. At uh, like 50 episodes in, it feels like almost no time ago yeah. since we were chatting. at yeah, the, it, uh, was uh,
6: March 2019, well, I think you, you started, if oh, Three years ago, yeah. so crikey. Well, <laughs> either way, Mark,
1: enjoy your Bugman's Beer. It's well-deserved. No, thank you very much. Right, so let's head over to another table. Uh, walking over to table number thirteen, and Chris Gross, patron supporter, mm-hmm. right here. Uh, <laughs> so you've got your measuring stick and your dice and things like that. Yeah. Have you? Ha- has
5: the measuring stick proven useful, Chris? It's proven very useful. Yeah, yeah. it's always useful to know how uh, how good your banner or how close
1: your banner is. Oh, well, yeah. exactly. It's got a three inches on one side, two inches on the This is great if you want a bit one, You've got to be a patron though. Yes. So uh, anyway, let's talk about your armies because <laughs> you've got. What looks to me like a Lothlorian and Rohan alliance, as yep. well as some evil stuff. Just quickly give us the headlines of your two forces.
5: So the good side it is uh, so it's Amair with a couple of ro- Rohan royal guards and some just normal Rohan uh, riders, and then Gladriel and some generic Lothlorian and a good old unarmored held held uh, here with the Elven cloak for a bit of shenanigans. A bit
1: of shenanigans yeah. as well. Is there a Sentinel poking around in there? No, or, or, no, no, no. Okay, so so it's just the Wood Elves. So that's yep. good. But you've got the lovely Theoden. Uh, sorry, AMR, uh, yep. plastic model, which. Mm-hmm. You've done a cracking job on the armour, by the way, because I know some people really um, sort of kind of give up on the getting the metal underneath the, yes. the, the red but it looks absolutely glorious no
5: it's um all, all credit to Mr Tom Thorpe of
1: Planet Mithril who uh, did a very very good he's over there yes. I might even chat and to him at some point
5: sadly I beat him game one as well
1: so, <laughs> <laughs> no. so you took his paint and and you stole that away from so, him yeah, and then you go and smash him in a combat That's sadly great. not with the AMS no, so okay. hey ho but no kudos to him and then, then your evil force
5: yeah so the evil force is the witch king Cardish, and goroth leading I think it's about 40 or so moranans so wow, yeah. pretty hard hitting uh um, um, pretty kind of um, hard like uh, pretty tough and uh, yeah it's it's good fun and sad, I mean I like running good more and sadly my evil have won both of the games so far <laughs> uh, so off may, the way maybe I maybe found it's a that change.
1: I found that not so long ago with my uh, <laughs> my Easterlings so I won't talk about it again anymore because it yeah. makes me sad um, but so Chris uh, here at this talk, the tournament I mean, you, you've already touched on your armies yep. they you know what, what brings you to GT? Is it because you like the good versus evil? Is it just, have you been to Warhammer World before? You know, what, what's the deal?
5: So I, I did the, um, the Not Throne of Skulls last year and really, really enjoyed it. Um, kind of didn't do amazingly well at it, but the whole environment of it was fantastic. Um, and I haven't actually done, up until a couple of weeks ago at the Grand Tournament, more uh, well, grandest tournament. Sorry, at seventh, I hadn't played good on e- Good versus Evil before, oh, right. so it was it was just an interesting one, and it's a local tournament to me as well. And who doesn't want to be at Warhammer World?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we're surrounded by the the battlements on the walls and mm. things like that. It does add to the mm. environment, is not it? So it's lovely. And and of course, one of the great things about here is that you mentioned Good versus Evil as well. But the standard of painting and kind of uh, boards that you're uh, playing on, uh, sorry, uh, sort of display boards yes. that people have got are, are absolutely fantastic. Have you have you seen anything in particular that's that's caught your eye?
5: So once again, Mr. Tom Thorpe, with yeah. his, his,
1: his beautiful double-sided.
5: Um, he's got Minas Tirith on one side, and then the kind of the ruins of Helm's Deep wall on the uh, on the other
1: side. It yeah, looks it's really fantastic. smart. It's like it's like one of those ones that if, if you uh, you spin it on a table or something, which I wouldn't want to do because it'd fling all the models <laughs> everywhere. But if you it, it, look at it one side, as you say, it's, it's Helm's Deep, and then you look at the other side. It, it's got a glorious scene of uh, Minas Tirith. It, 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 lovely idea, and not something I, I, I would have thought of myself. But it really, really works, and and the models themselves are painted absolutely yeah. gloriously. I mean, Couple as you said, planet. It's really fantastic. Yes,
5: yeah. yeah, definitely. I know it's, it's been fantastic, but the standard, the standard of painting, the standard of uh, other display boards around the place as well, it's just been absolutely fantastic. I mean,
1: Damien, Damien, and his um, little Barlin's to me scene is just fantastic. Yeah, as well. yeah, 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 Damien O'Byrne over yeah. there on the uh, from B Time as well. So it, it's great, yeah. Um, but uh, before I go, Chris, I've got, I've got to ask. And fiftieth Moot, it's like the fiftieth birthday. I mean, uh, happy birthday, <laughs> happy birthday. Thank indeed, you. Yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm telling people to do that because it's not an obvious thing. <laughs> no. uh, but um, we've got 50 points to spend so if you had a, a 50 point tournament and you don't need a hero but you can have heroes mm-hmm. what, what would you take to, to take on all comers what do you think is the, is the army of choice for you oh,
5: well I think going with my usual Lothlorian stuff I think two sentinels right. two sentinels Bob Ooh. on 50 yeah. four attacks elven cloaks
1: two bows and uh, and some weird magic shenanigans Could that be fun. is interesting yes yeah. so, so a few people have chosen things like um, we've had a Castellan of Dol Guldur, <laughs> uh, <laughs> along with a Hunter Orc I think it was that yeah. he added in the late minute mm-hmm. but um, Will Champion just went for a bat swarm and oh, things like nice. that but you'd make the bat swarm fly away and you'd be able to kill the other two things that he'd had I can't remember what else it was a goblin or something else you really hope so wouldn't you yeah. but then again I mean if, if, the, uh, if you
5: don't get the bat to actually do that do running away or anything I think with anything you're a bit
1: screwed, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, actually, I actually rate it. your chances mm. against uh, Will Champions. I think he had a Prowler, a Goblin Spear, and mm. a Bat Swarm. Mm. Mm. But you make the Bat Swarm run away. You take the go- Prowler, who's got minor suit of fight anyway, and the Goblin will be fine. So I think you, I think you smash that. No, you? hopefully, yeah, no, it'd be good fun. Yeah, yeah it'd be interesting to try. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> have to do, we'll have to arrange a fifty point tournament yeah. at some point. by either way, Chris, uh, patron supporter, Indeed. so well worth getting on the podcast. Definitely. Um, have a have a good day tomorrow, because it sounds like today's only been one win for you. Is that right? Uh, two wins. Oh no, two, two wins. wins but, you, but both. The Both with army. the evil army, evil side. Yes, Ho- so. Hopefully, Lothlorien pick up the pieces uh, and just, gather themselves. I just somewhere. want
5: one with them, and then I'll be happy. But yeah, yeah. no,
1: hopefully. I know it's that right. feeling. It didn't go my way last time I did this kind of tournament. Chris, see you later. Yeah, cheers, Harry. So I've just moved over from uh, Chris over there, and he talks so much about the Planet Mithril um, painting uh, that I just had to come over and speak to Tom Thorpe. Um, you may well uh, have watched some of his painting guides, some beautiful, beautiful painting guides uh, out there on YouTube. And you've come up with a, a really cool idea for your display board, Tom. Just, just give us an idea of uh, exactly what's going on here.
7: So the original idea was to have Gondor uh, fighting on Pelennor against the forces of Mordor, breaching the gates of Minas Tirith, Unfortunately, real life gets in the way and uh, I, my missus very dutifully and very kindly, kind, kindly bought all my Mordor stuff for my army and it got to the 1st of February, nothing was painted so it wasn't going to happen. So unfortunately a fallback had to be done and as is now kind of the tradition in our, our group and at GT and all the events at display boards are generally more of an accepted thing and more of a prevalent thing, wasn't really willing to let that one go. So I had to come up with an idea that kind of fit both armies, showed them off, and also kind of tied them together a little bit, which wasn't the easiest thing in the world to come up with, I must admit. Well,
1: <laughs> sometimes uh, necessity is the mother of invention, and it really works here, because um, I, I, I've been looking at I, I thought this must have been deliberate, because it's a really smart way of kind of building your two armies that clearly you've put a lot of effort into painting them. I mean, the the urakai that I'm standing uh, immediately close to are absolutely beautiful. You've got the little hands done on every single berserker's head, and the, the the um, white hand on the, some of the the urukai's head and the shield as well, um, and then look further away. I, I can see the backs of your citadel guard that have got. A, a a lovingly painted uh, White Tree of Gondor on, on the back of every single one of the cloaks as well as Hurin on uh, dismount and uh, mounted version as well <laughs> so that's love, I, I was that going to say really, it yeah. must have been a lot of it and I can see so it, in my head I thought well you've clearly put so much effort into both of these armies that you wanted a way to tie them together but finding out that actually it was an accident is, is a happy coincidence there. so
7: the original idea was to have the Helm's Deep Gatehouse leading into the Minas Tirith Gatehouse <laughs> yeah. yeah. and, and again time, time yeah. is the enemy oh I see so I see. So you there.
1: were you were originally going to do both these armies, but just uh, a, rather than an explosion in the wall. It was uh, the game. Yeah.
7: Originally, there were some more grandiose ideas, and at time, just isn't my friend. So we had to dial it back a little bit, and which is where we came up with the, the breach in in both the uh, the Helmsdale wall and the. Uh, Ministerial of War—they've actually got some titles. We've got "Where Was Gondor?" "Where the Westfold Fell," and we've got "Where Was Rohan?" "When the West Gate Fell." Those are the uh, unofficial, official titles for both these uh, display boards. Well, so. they,
1: they look absolutely fantastic, and, and, and I know you're, you're kind of more focused on the, the hobbying and the painting side of things. But um, how have your, have your armies gone? I mean, you've got, you've got Gandalf the White and Huron in one army with a trebuchet, and you've got the uh, siege ballista in the other one. So, uh, how have your games been faring?
7: Uh, I've had one game with Gondor so far. And I would have been better off putting wet tissue paper on the table during that particular game because they just didn't—they didn't perform as well as I was hoping to. Uh, the siege ballista, however, for the Urakai, has been the MVP of both games in the last game, and I still feel really bad about it. Or <laughs> just saying, yeah, we
1: well just, just just hide, ju- hide your eyes because I can see him laughing in the background.
7: Wind, just winding up with my with the opponent, um, that very last turn of the game, it managed to just one-shot King Elissa off the board, and I mean, even then, that's over triple its points worth just right there and then just in one model
1: well that's paid for over um, three games hasn't it so it's done its work in the course of the game that's yes. it
7: and in Destroy the Supplies it sat there and pretty much defended two of the supply markers on its own for a good three or five turns uh, it's, it's paid dividends and I'm going to go to the shop
1: and buy about three or four more for the next uh, the next project, <laughs> amazing, amazing, and I mentioned your 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 channel there, uh, Planet Mithril, and, and many people will have encountered them. The, the painting guides are absolutely outstanding. You basically single handedly stopped me from doing painting guides because it's so so shameful. My my stuff in comparison to yours, but um, You're far too kind. You uh, do yourself a disservice. <laughs> no, well they are re- they're they're really good, and the, the standard of painting is outstanding. And you know, what, what inspired you to do that? Was it just because you wanted to do painting, wanted to do guides, or you know were, were you always uh, always interested in doing? YouTube videos? It was something I toyed with for quite
7: a while and then lockdown hit uh, with everything that was going on there. And about two months into lockdown, I kind of just sat there and thought, I'm just going to record myself filming something. And the very first video was Bilbo Baggins Master Burglar on my phone. Uh, I think portrait mode, so we've got the big, you know, black bars either side, appalling quality. But the, the, the actual filming and the painting and the, the creating something that can either help or, you know, advance other people or just, just teach and help and bring new people into the community and give a bit of guidance is, is kind of what I do it for. And I don't, I don't do it for the monetization or anything like that. I'm not, not interested in that at all. It's, it's a very welcome bonus, don't get me wrong. But the idea of just being able to give a little bit back from a community that has given so much to me since I've been doing the tournament scene was what really kind of pumped it for me and that's what really keeps me going because that's, uh, with my day job and everything else, like the YouTube videos for me are the thing I focus on the most because I want to try and give back as much as I can to a community that has brought me into who I am today just myself, so...
1: Well, I mean, that's lovely to hear because I, I feel exactly the same. You know, it's, it's such a welcoming community, and and I, I guess you're you're now you're you're part of it, and you're you're helping other, bring other people in it. So, so you know, a big old friendly big hug of a, a YouTube channel and a big that's community the goal, as well. It? So that's the goal. well, it's, it's fantastic. Now, I, I'm going to throw this on you because I, I forgot to tell you before the interview. And if you had 50 points to spend on anything in the uh, uh, the the game, because it's the 50th Entmuth, this is the Entmuth 50th birthday and you had to come up with an army of 50 points you can have a hero if you want but you don't need heroes you could just go with troops what would you spend your 50 points on and why i'm going to keep asking because i can see the cogs whirring in your head any any initial things that jump out at you
7: well, my initial doesn't really add up to 50 points. What I want to do is over and above 50 points is Denethor and as many Fountain Court guard as I can because so that's Denethor the, and
1: one isn't it? Denethor oh,
7: is he 35 now? Ah, yeah, yeah, oh, damn. Yeah. No, okay. Uh, oh. That's not
1: bad. That's still you, Denethor, Denethor and you got Fountain Court. That's probably uh, it's not going to win a lot of uh, fights. I thought you might say something like, uh, "How much was your ballista? That must be 70 that's or something 50, like that." Uh, 65. You got sorry, a lot of Urukai here, though. You could probably get five Urukai for that, couldn't you?
7: I'll take I'll, I'll take three Berserkers over five I'd take 3 berserkers yeah. over 5 4 5 uh, there you
1: go 3 berserkers that that's pretty good and actually that uh- well, are they there, 15 points or something like that? 15 points. I'll take three oily boys over five armoured boys. <laughs> and I'll, I'll throw you in a, a Moria Goblin just to round up the numbers. Oh, so there you go. go. That's that's, pre- that's pretty good. I think that would do well against a lot of things. High courage, lots of attacks, uh, and pretty decent defence as well. So you never know. Well, Tom, thanks very much for chatting me uh, chatting with me. And hopefully you enjoy the rest of your day tomorrow. And best of luck in the, uh, the painting competition. I'd imagine that you're going to get a nomination at the very least. Fingers crossed. Don't
7: gone. like to assume, but very much hope. But we'll see. So, Thanks for no, chatting thank me. You.
1: Cheers. Always a pleasure. Cheers. There you go. There's two minutes left on the clock and round three at the Grand Tournament. That was Tom Thorpe. Um, I'm still here wondering around amongst the people, but it seems like my day is almost coming to an end because I'd, I don't know what's going to happen. I'll try and grab a few more people. So let's keep wandering around the hall uh, and chat to a few people uh, here for Entmoot's 50th birthday. Let's find someone else to talk to. So we arrive at table 17, and it's Andy Hamblin. So I I wanted to talk to you because I I was admiring your your, um, amazing armies. They they really are glorious. In the last game, you were playing um, Steve Crow. He's got this big... i don't know like a trolley, a trolley. <laughs> he's got like a trolley sitting next to him uh, to wheel his stuff around hopefully i can chat to him about that because that's funny um but i was admiring your um, beautiful uh, Nazgul of Dol Gulda and so i just want to ask you a little bit about your armies what have you brought and tell go
8: into as much detail about the painting because it's absolutely glorious okay cheers thank you very much um yeah so rise of the necromancer which is necromancer is Nazgul two slayer men forsaken witch king lingering shadow um before this, I've only—I well, literally bought these at the last tournament in December. So, oh, so you, you bought these last time round. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very new army, very green with them, having a lot of fun with them. To be fair, yeah. two good games with them today, um, so two th- wins with them today. Oh wow, so, amazing! Yeah. So does that mean that the
1: so you bought them in December? So this is what two or three months worth of work then? Yeah, yeah. Because they look absolutely stunning. You've got this lovely pale, pale blue, this ghostly blue. Uh, for the cloaks which is a, a bit of a departure from what people normally do um, and the kind of silvery gold, uh, it's like a bronze or something that underneath the, the armour and then a silvery highlight, it looks they look fantastic I mean, how do, how do you do them?
8: Yeah so it's kind of like an aged brass is what I was yeah. going for um, so I have an Angmar army, which is painted in a very similar way um, and the yeah it's just a general build up it's just sort of through the colours of like Rune Brass lord, or the Rune Lord Brass or something like that and then Doing like a kind of the same wash I've used on the cloaks, which is the Nilac oxide, which isn't really a wash. But. Oh yes, that's the the what's it called paint? That okay. like, what do they call it? It's, it's a, like a technical, technical paint. Technical, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's like and just it makes just make it a little bit more aged, a bit more rusty, um, and then just sort of build it up to make it look really bright, it's still kind of clean but almost but old.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, like they take care of it, but it's it's been on wearing it for thousands of years. Exactly. Yeah, love it, yeah. love it. And we'll have to move on to the other ones because. Um, your good army is an absolutely glorious fiefdoms force. I mean, uh, I'll start with the bases because they've got like, you've got sort of a sandy uh, cork, I think probably, rocky base. And then you've got little touches of, of water. Not, not, not loads, which I really like because um, I, I know in the past you've, uh, you've done um, resin bases and sort of swampy things. And I think you kind of inspired a lot of other people to do that, to be honest. Um, but now you've done a very subtle uh,
8: hint of water. So just walk me through uh, the scheme as well because they look amazing. Yeah, so it's a very... Yeah, so the base is pretty much nailed it. It's just a bit of cork, which has then been painted to look sandy. Um, So I was kind of going away from the usual kind of like, like grays and browns that you tend to see on bases. Mm. Um, And it's do a bit more sandy, because I guess in a way, obviously they're meant to be like, when they fight against like Corsairs, et cetera, in Umbar, it's always in a very sandy place, right? So that's kind of what I was going for. Um, Partly because my uh, painting partner for Fable Creative Phil plays Corsairs. So I was like, well, let's kind of match to a degree. Mm. Um, yeah, little bits of colour, just little bits of water to kind of just break up the colour a little bit. Um, it also kind of all kind of melts the the general scheme together because they are kind of the blue with cream. So the sand and the dark water kind of match the colours with that. So Yeah,
1: yeah, because yeah, it's, it's cleverly done because the, the bases are both creamy and bluey, as you say, but the yeah. so, it, so is the armour. The armour kind of has a... It's not silver, nor is it gold. It's, a, again, a kind of a br- brassy, bronzy kind of colour scheme that you've gone on the armour, and then the deep blues of the, the cloaks and the, uh, the shields are, are really well picked out, the details on the shields with the white on the, uh, uh, the Dol Amroth knights as well. And, and, and I see... Yes, I'm right. You've done some very, very good, good tartan as well. I mean, how long did it take you to do those clansmen
8: uh, with the tartan? Uh, so the clansmen, oh, I don't know. Not that to be fair, the tartan wasn't that bad. Yeah. The thing that was really an issue is that because I've got 20 knights of Delamore, and I decided to do checker pattern shields on all of them, <laughs> it, that t- took a long time. Well, hold on, on the back, do you mean? I, I, at the oh, yeah yeah so it's all checker patterns on the shield oh
1: my god i didn't even notice that so the closer you get the, the more you see so the not only are the uh, the shield details picked out in uh beautiful whites but the closer you get you can see a tiny checker blue and white pattern on the shield so amazing work so so you just wanted to bring the extra detail across to to the the clansmen as well and and the knights to just give everything i guess a show off really isn't it that's why yeah exactly <laughs>
8: yeah yeah i mean clansmen being clansmen they've obviously some sort of like relationship to being scottish so tartan needs to be there doesn't it yeah Yeah. absolutely and and the checkerboard as well
1: i mean they're they're, they're not just they're they're not just checkerboard they're really tiny checkerboards i mean you must there must be dozens of uh, of squares on each shield and there's not a lot of room to do them it must have taken a lot of work
8: yeah (laughs) a lot of stress yeah when especially having to go back over them especially when you're highlighting them um yeah it's a lot of unnecessary work
1: but I know in the past you've, uh, you've taken away painting awards uh, here at Warhammer World. Um, I mean, is that what you're, you're going for? Are you aiming to, to, to you know, get on the podium for, for painting or maybe even take away the win?
8: Or, or are you here just to have fun and, and play the games? Fun, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, without trying to sound big-headed, I've won quite a lot of awards here, and I don't really think about trying to do that again. If it happens, it's great, and I obviously is awesome, but it's not what I'm aiming for, really. But yeah, yeah no, it's big yeah. Years, really.
1: But I, I guess the the, the process, the, the you must enjoy the process of painting it anyway. And I mentioned Fable Creative; it's a commission painting service as well, isn't it? So you want to show off your
8: wares, I guess, and show your talent out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the whole process. I know I've have friends that tell me that it's like oh you could paint this a lot quicker and I was like I know I could but I I really like play- the, obviously the way that I paint is yeah and yeah obviously doing commission stuff with Fable as well mm-hmm. um, yeah it's all good. Very good. Andy
1: uh, uh, thank you very much for talking to me the army looks amazing both armies look amazing uh, and best of luck with the, the rest of the tournament sounds like you're doing alright with two wins with your evil I guess the Dol Amroth need to pick it up a bit is that yeah, right absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> hopefully tomorrow you get some wins thank you very much for talking to me alright cheers oh, oh actually did I ask you about the 50 points no yes, I didn't 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I did sorry I, I'm asking everyone about the Entmoot 50 points and you, you had a thought in your head before we yeah. uh, we, we started recording
8: um, what would your 50 points be for your uh, 50 point tournament so because my favourite army is my Angmar mm-hmm. Barrow-White just one Barrow-White literally the Barrow-White ooh
1: that's interesting because there's a, there's a few I think you've you got what two or three maybe maybe more if, you, if you're risky um, uh, paralysers which could completely take out the, the opponent and then you're sorted you just mop up while they're all lying on the floor uh, immobilised
8: yeah, yeah exactly that
1: great idea. Love it. Okay, let's see see if anyone else can beat uh Andy's idea for the 50 points uh tournament that I'm kind of building slowly up over the course of the day. Cheers, see you later Andy. Thank you. Cheers. All well, right. So we're we're stumbling over now uh to I think it's table number 4 and um, and Scott Whitefoot. In fact, let's, let's walk a bit closer because um I've got Scott Whitefoot here and I've, I've been admiring from afar your amazing display board. I mean, it's it's absolutely outstanding. It's it's got mountains at the corners, and you've got eagles flying down on the uh, the Gundabad legions uh, storming through the ice. There's snow everywhere. There's ice, and there's there's amazing Azog with his stone flail and, and the bats. And it's just absolutely fantastic to look Thank at, you. Scott. I mean, I know you, you do some amazing things anyway, but I mean, this must have this must have been a real uh, real effort for you. I mean, it's 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 fantastic.
9: Yeah, it was uh, it was a project that took quite a while. Um, the Azog's Legion was something I had in mind for quite a while and I really wanted to do those kind of ice spaces from the film like mm. that kind of scene where uh, Azog's fighting Thorin and you've got the this, this second Legion sort of coming in or, or the goblins sort of crawling over the ice and, uh, and yeah I just thought what would be the best army to sort of fight against them and give it that sort of dynamic. And I just thought the Eagles would be a great choice. So well,
1: in many ways, the, 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 it gives you, and in particular for your display, but it gives you some verticality, which people love. and, and, yes. uh, and, and the bases themselves, which we haven't quite much touched on that. They, have, they have like a cliff built into the back of them. And it's very hard to describe. I'll put some pictures up. I've taken some earlier uh, and put them on the Facebook page, but that you, you kind of have the backs of the, the model, uh, the, the, Eagles are flying out from the rock face, and they, they just look fantastic. You so see, you've not got the little little flying bases yeah. that they, they always look a bit naff, I think. But yeah. they, they, you know, so you got the rocks. But it's a really, really smart idea, a smart way of bringing them to life, making them look very dynamic.
9: Yeah, thank you. I um, I, I completely agree. The uh, the flying stands were just something I really just disliked because they just look a bit sort of basic. And I've seen have seen some very good basing from other people on GBHL actually, mm. where. Um, you can sort of see a miniature version of certain locations from Middle Earth. It's like some people had um, uh, like a miniature Isengard, so it kind of looks like you're
1: flying. Oh yes, I've seen yes. that. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're so like it, like, it looked almost a very eagle eye view, and you've got like a tiny little yeah. little map at the yeah. bottom of the the base. Yes. Yeah.
9: yeah. So I, I really kind of love like when people do something a bit different, um, and it really kind of gives you that um, feeling that you're engrossed in like the world that you've made. So display boards, I think, really help with that in just terms of giving that sort of scenery and setting. Um, Because I think that's kind of the main thing for me, SPG is for, is just to sort of get yourself into... Into that sort of Tolkien world, it's really immersive that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and, and as you say, I, I, I having something a little bit different, and and also a way, a, a clever way of designing your your display board to mean that your, your armies are very separate because you've got the ice in the middle, and it's like a ravine in the two rock rock sort of corners on the side where the eagles are flying over, and uh, and 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 you know we haven't even touched on the paint job of the the models themselves. I mean, uh, the the uh, eagles are one of those armies that you could very easily, you know, paint quite very quite quickly, dry brush and yes, done. Yeah. But you've you've gone with the sort of subtly different coloured uh, feathers on the outside of the wings and everything like that. So there's a lot of effort gone in there. Well I was gonna say with the with the eagles actually, um they can
9: be deceptively good in terms of um you say that you have the two different types, but this is actually a combination of both. Yeah. So all I've really done with these is done that sort of gradient with painting anyway. But then I've gone in with the dry brush afterwards and just been a bit more sort of concentrating on dry brushing. Mm. So it's not so much about whether or not you dry brush, it, about how you apply it. Right. So if you're quite careful and you apply your dry brush in certain areas and then you mix your colours, you go into different areas, you can get that kind of differentiation, but still using like quite an easy technique. And it just takes it doesn't actually take that long. So I definitely recommend that kind of approach when it comes to something like an eagle, because you don't want to spend... That long going over every single feather,
1: yeah. But you definitely can, and I'm sure that would look amazing. I mean, if if you have the talent to paint each individual feather, and I'm sure you could, um, I, I certainly wouldn't want to spend my time doing that because <laughs> it's it's going to be difficult. And and I think the the subtlety of the the dry brush, because the softness of the stroke means that it, it doesn't you know it doesn't look cartoony in any way. Which yeah. which could, I think if you were trying to paint each picky out each individual feather, it might look like that. Yeah, you yeah. might accidentally
9: like I've I've done it plenty of times when you're trying to edge highlight something. You just put a bit too much paint on or you put you know that, that tiny bit of scratch on a different place, and suddenly it just looked really cartoony and like outlined mm. um, but when you dry brush something with a really soft brush, like I 'd even use something like a makeup brush, it just makes it like um, the tiniest bit of paint will come off, and you just it's, it's better to mu- much better to do it in lots of soft sort of strokes back and forth instead of trying to do one heavy dry brush. Mm. Because you can always put more on, but you can never take it off. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely what I'd recommend if you wanted a dry brush.
1: Amazing. And I'll just quickly touch on your uh, uh, your your Gundabad as well, because you've gone with a kind of a rusty a rusty tone like, with the armor. It I almost it looks kind of orangey from a distance, but when you get closer, it does look more metallic as well. I, I, it didn't quite. Have... It's almost dusty metal rather than kind of rusty, if that yeah. makes sense.
9: Yeah, so um, the idea with the Gundabad was just to go sort of as, as grimy, kind of like add some rust spots, um, make it look sort of worn, and um, make it warm as well. Mm. Like that's the other thing is um, because of the, the display board itself and the bases are quite cold colours, you want to try and build as much contrast as possible. So if you go for that sort of cold, the white, the blues of the ice contrast that with things like the orange Mm. and that's why i've gone for like that kind of skin tone as well on the on the cloth because it just adds the that sort of differentiation you're 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 cool and you're warm
1: well let's start talking about azog again because you're chopping up a very expensive uh, forge world model here i mean you've got to have a, a couple of them as well i mean how did you feel when you cut into him and try and mounted him on a wall so so the fun thing with this one actually is that
9: i didn't actually have to cut azog up this one, is, this one is actually a Wild Warg Chieftain, which I sawed into that just to make room for the legs. So it's literally just Azog stuck on top with uh, the White Warg. Um, sorry, not the White Warg, the White Warg's head, because I had to cut the White Warg's head off and put that on the Wild Warg Chieftain. Um, but um, but uh, the, the tricky, trickiest part of the whole thing, actually, was making it so that the weapon hand was magnetized, Right. So I've put magnets in both the the right the, the the mounted version and the dismount, so that it has the option of having either a mace um, or the flail. Uh, so uh,
1: so that's interesting because I've magnetised mine and. Um, it, it slowly drifts down because of the weight oh. of the flail. I, so I must have done something wrong about, it, or maybe not use strong enough magnets. But I, I'm amazed that it's not it's, it, you, you haven't done anything with the actual azog because it looks like it fits so gracefully on top yeah. of the wire.
9: Yeah, it was um, it was uh, it was pretty good actually in terms of um, really really just like lends itself because of the slight um, like spread legs. But it did take quite a lot of um, soaring out the sides of of the. Um, what do you call it? The wag uh, shoulders. The wag shoulders, so thank you. Um, and also a little bit of the of the elbow, because it's got a um, cock sort of... Oh, yes, yeah. so I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the very
1: top of his, his sort of leg, elbow, whatever you yeah. call a leg, elbow. That's knee, like knee <laughs> is... or oh, the back of the knee, but it's kind of not a knee, is it? Because it's got like three joints on yeah. the legs, but yeah. Um,
9: so, yeah, so I suppose that was the, that was the trickiest part. Um, I suppose if you wanted to... Um, you could quite easily have done the same conversion using the normal dismount uh, sorry, the, the normal mounted version chopping him at the torso Yeah. Because and what I'd probably recommend if you wanted to do it that way is just using something like one of the Citadel saws but making sure it's quite a thin saw sawing it just below the belt and then perhaps trying to re-sculpt the join once you put him on the other legs yeah. um, but what I found is if you wanted to do it that way the, um, the Azog on the other model is actually smaller right. than the Forge World one.
1: Yes, because he's he's looked a bit
9: heftier, doesn't he? He's he's a he's a bit more muscly. Yeah, he's been to the gym a little bit more. Um, so, and also the armor on is different on his um, on his knees. Right. So so it
1: might not join together as well. We're, we're, but either way, I mean, it's a fantastic thing, and you could you could talk talk for England about all this stuff. Um, <laughs> but I, I in terms of the. Um, the, the modelling and the painting—it it looks outstanding. H- have you managed to to replicate that success in your games as well, or is it has it been a co-
9: bit of a different story? Um, su- surprisingly, my first two games I did win. Um, I uh, yeah, won, won the first two games, but obviously one with the Eagles and one with the Azak
1: Legion, uh, and then I played against Kalamedans uh, for the third game, who's a very very, very <laughs> good player. To be fair, you know, winner of Ardicon, ne- nearly winner of Ardicon, and things like that. So he's done uh, lots of uh, lots of tournament wins in the past.
9: Yeah, so. Um, yeah, scenario was a uh, breakthrough, and I was using my Azog Legion. Um, managed to kill the in the first couple of turns, but uh, for, for, for the rest of the game, it was essentially uh, three three turns of charges. Uh, managed to decimate most of my army, so the game ended. I think uh, something dreadful, like eleven two. Uh-huh. So
1: well, that that's fine because you got to win with each either way, and and you know that that's. That's a start, at the very least. So it's a good start, a, a launching point from t- for tomorrow as well. So, um, but with that in mind, um, we've, we're going to move away <laughs> to the final topic, which is the 50 points. that I, I can see you're, you're sort of sweating uh, thinking yeah. about this. You think, oh, my God, what, what do I do? So you've got 50 points to spend in this imaginary Entmoot 50th birthday party tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need a hero. You can just do models, uh, as warriors. What do you think you'd spend on, and you know, do you, think you'd, do you think they'd be good? Um. I'd probably want to go for something
9: that's kind of well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably wouldn't include any heroes. Uh, and just hope that <laughs> the lack of might doesn't uh, do me an injustice. Uh, probably something about something Gondorian. Um, having said that, Gondorian points values is sort of tricky in my head. Perhaps perhaps something cheap like Baragond. Yeah, so 25 he's 30, 25? 25, 25, 25, 25 yeah. or 30 points, I think. Um, maybe with one or two of the Citadel guards yeah as um, in mean the,
1: the Fountain
9: eight. Court guards sorry so, yeah, yeah so
1: what are they 11 or 10 or something like that I think that. 11 with a shield I think so yeah you could do two Fountain Court yeah. Baragond, you've got the, the uh, you've got an elven uh, elven bow or equivalent, and yeah. a good fight value of uh, might. And yeah, I think that's a nice rounded force. Yeah, yeah. And and you could stand devil, sort of hiding and... behind the high defence.
9: Yeah, it's 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 not ideal.
1: I think that could easily be outdone by something like three or four war riders or something. Do you know what I mean? But... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> a Castellan of Dol Guldur is one of the uh, the favourites at the moment, or two Sentinels. I think in my head, but uh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think yeah. the Sentinels might have it in my yeah. head. But either way, Scott, uh, amazing work there, and and people will be able to see it all. It over the GBHL uh, Facebook page, I'm sure you'll be Excellent. posting something as well, and I've got some pictures. Uh, so, uh, Scott, thank you very much, and best of luck tomorrow. Yeah, thank you very much, Harry. Thank you. And with that, we round out the day. Uh, the GT here, we might be able to hear in the background. We've got the sound of the Green Dragon pub quiz at Warhammer Worlds Bugman Bar uh, Jay is just running through the answers now hope you enjoyed this sort of strange uh, special edition of Entmoot 50 episodes I, I want to thank everyone really who's listened to the podcast over the last couple of years I think it started in 2019 we heard it earlier from uh, Mark who, who I interviewed in the first one and then it's it's been many episodes it's been a jolly good time thank you so much for everyone who listens regularly and anyone who ever gets in touch on Entmoot Podcast at gmail.com, and particularly, I want to thank you, uh, all my patron supporters, um on patreon.com/slash battle in Middle Earth, where essentially you're paying for the hosting for the podcast and it's, it's not free to host the podcast and I'm glad that you guys do it so thank you very much for, for supporting the podcast hopefully this has been a bit of a different podcast and you've enjoyed the variety of different voices I tried to squeeze as many voices in as possible uh, to talk to us in the podcast the course for the whole time uh, that I was uh, that I was here at the GT, but of course, you know, people rushing around doing all their various different things to try to get as many as possible. I really hope that this is about 50 minutes worth of content. Wouldn't that be perfect? Either way, next time you'll hear from me will be straight after the end uh, or the start of. The gathering at the Grey Havens in Preston. First time I'm ever going up to Preston, meeting lots of different people that I've never, uh, never sort of stayed with before, and going to a tournament I've never been to before. So very excited. That should be coming in the next week or so. So thanks very much for listening.